You're listening to WYDG Gaming Radio. Now listen to me, brother man. I'll tell it just so you can't understand. We got a whole lot of more discovering. Don't act like you know how to know in the universe. You can't flow from the first to the next verse. You're a manifest of the effect of a cause without a man. But you're not a lost cause, brother man. Now hear me out, sister lady. Keep hoping for the sun when it's being rainy. You have a special kind of responsibility. The ability to channel out of entity. Tap into a sacred symmetry. Grown foster child into infancy. All my sisters out there with powerful souls. Keep your love strong. Greetings, everyone, and welcome back to AV Underground, the show where we talk to you about what it's like getting started as a content creator. I am Josh Needham, and I'm here today joined by... MJ Watson. Hello there. Uh, so, it's been it's been another week. We are now seven days out from our interview of uh, Josh Foreman. That episode has taken off. Um, currently, as of this recording, it's ranking number four in our top ten most downloaded episodes. Hell yeah. Which I'm really excited about. It's one of the, like, I listen to all of our episodes back again because I'm always yep. checking audio quality, checking, like, other things that I should be doing. Do the things we're doing work all right? Do I feel like we ramble? I check for my highlights. Um, and, <laughs> <laughs> and his episode I've, like, downloaded and re-listened to, I think, two or three times now. Just because there's so much in there that I don't get on one single listen through. Mm-hmm. I've had a couple of people approach me already um, and say, I listened to that episode and it it changed a lot of my mindset on some things. It's really helped me. And I've been so they're like, I really needed to hear this. I'm like, oh, well, awesome. That's yeah. what we're trying to do. So I feel like another thing for us, too, it's like because we were so focused on getting a good interview going that like we were obviously listening to what he was saying, but we were also like, oh, OK, we got to make sure this we got to get this question right. Like, Josh, are you asking this question. So for me and you, it's especially important. to. Like, it was re-listen. very it was very different because it's the first interview you and I have done that wasn't in person. Yes, it was our first remote interview. I had a lot of fun editing it, to be honest. Really? Um, because of the way that we had to, you know, we set one track that was the master that recorded both us and his audio. Yes. But of course, because of compressions and everything else, his audio comes out not fantastic on the master track. So we have him record on his end. We record on our end. There's a little behind the scenes for people that don't know, like, what goes into this whole podcasting thing. Normally, we get people in the studio. We sit down. I got four mics hooked up through one audio board. That runs into Audition. We make sure levels are good. We hit record. We go. It's all on one track. It's great. We just edit it. That's it. With recording through Discord, which is what we had done, we have to take his audio, which is just his side of the conversation, our audio, which is just our side of the conversation, and try and sync those up which was a lot less painful than I thought it was going to be. We had him do a clap at the beginning. It was a sound sync. So that gets picked up on the master track that has the two timed perfectly. And so I was able to line both our audio up with that. And I found out that actually I'm used to hotkeys with Adobe Audition, but I've never had to edit more than one track at a time. So because, you know, podcasting, I only need to edit like the voice track. I mix in some music, that kind of fun stuff. But um R is your shortcut for the cut tool. It's a razor tool. So you hit it once and it brings up your razor tool and you can cut one timeline. If you hit it again, it has a double razor tool and it will cut every timeline. So you don't have to worry about making a similar cut on two timelines and trying to line it up because it doesn't at least and I haven't gone into the settings to check, but it doesn't have by default a snap function like Premiere has. Uh Where it just it'll snap to your last cut so you can line it up perfect. So that made it a whole lot easier for me to like cut out silences and things like that. And I got into some other functions of addition that I hadn't had a chance to get into. And I just I really enjoyed the whole process. It was really it was a really good learning experience. And it was a, it was a lot of fun. The interview was a lot of fun. Editing it was a lot of fun. Listening to it three or four times was a lot of fun. Promoting it's been fun. It was a really good experience. So 
that uh that was a lot of my my last weekend yeah. and yeah, so this last week for me has been a little chaotic <laughs> because I got all that done and I'm really glad that I did. Thank God you did. Sunday afternoon, our website got hacked um, and there was a whole bunch of malicious code injected into it. Thankfully, it was in such a small window that we both managed to get it locked down and secured quickly enough that we avoided getting put on Google's blacklist. And I also was able to reach out to anyone that had been on the site in that time period and be like, Hey, look, um, we've been compromised. You may have to clear your browser's cookies, like all this other fun crap that goes along with that. And it was like disaster control. I've said before is like the one area that for some reason I shine in that, you know, something crazy happens, like an employee walks out and I'm stuck with a drive through line out to the road. And I'm like, okay, I can, I can do this. This is fine. And I remained relatively calm. I was not calm whatsoever for this. <laughs> I was absolutely just, my heart was racing so fast. I was like, am I going to drop of a heart attack or an aneurysm going like trying to stop my website from being taken down? Yeah. A lot of it was just that I didn't have good security practices in place. It's one of those things where you think when you're starting your own website, you're like, I, I hope that it gets big and people like traffic to my website. But you never think that it's going to be something so big that like someone wants to take you down. I don't think it was something personal. It was probably just that, you know, someone found out how poorly secured everything was with my site. And yeah, there's, they're just there's like, kind of people out we're going to get in there and we're going to infect as many people's computers as we can because we had finally started to generate heavier traffic than we're used to. So, I mean, everything is done now. I've gone through everything and I'd like to say that in a few weeks time, I'm not exactly sure how many weeks because I want to make sure I have all of my ducks in a row first and that I have some experience to bring to the table. But I spent five hours trying to get everything locked down on the site finally got everything like together and then spent the next few days becoming as much of a web security expert as i could in that short amount of time i am not a web security expert i'm gonna tell you that right now it's not something i've been doing as a career path i have dabbled in security and i but i would like to do when we get into how to build a website is to give people a rundown if you're doing it then these are some of the main things that I wasn't doing that I should have been doing so that hopefully you can avoid getting involved in the same kind of thing that I just had to go through because yeah. I don't I don't wish that upon anyone period no, and the really last thing I want to do is feel like my website is to blame for someone else getting infected like it's it's just a really important thing to learn because like I told like I was talking to Josh outside of the app like outside of recording I I saw that his I saw him tweet that his website was under attack on Twitter like not like the next day like I saw it when it was happening and like to me my first thought was it, well, my first thought was, I'm, oh my God, I feel so bad for Josh. But my second thought was, oh shit, I never thought about this. <laughs> and like, as like, as a content creator, I was like, wow, I never thought, like, like he said, I never thought about what happens when someone comes after me. And it's, it's, it's one of those things, like, I feel like episodes, that episode is going to be very important because it's, it's not something, Absolutely. it's not necessarily going to be a, well, it's going to be fun. We make it fun, but it's not necessarily going to be a fun episode to talk about. It's important. It's very thing. important. So... Also, that's a couple of things I'd like to touch on real quick just on that subject is one, the website is fine now. If you go to yadudegamers.com, I've revamped things. We don't have any more. We have two articles up right now. We'll begin to start again with all of our writers getting back on board because a lot of accounts were, I, I'm very concerned about accounts being compromised, people's email. So anyone that was on the back end of our site as a writer, I contacted, I'm like, change your passwords, change everything. And, you know, this is like, I want to make sure people are safe. So... That was my big thing. We are rebuilding from the ground up. I lost like there's a lot of bad security practices. We'll get into it when we do our website episode. Long story short, the website's fine now. 
So feel free to head over and check that out. And the other thing was, I don't know, it didn't really cross my mind until afterwards when I had already tweeted, like our website is currently under attack. Do not visit our website. First off, I didn't link the website in that. I didn't say don't visit and then put the URL. Yeah. I was like, just do not visit our website for until we let you know otherwise. And I was trying to update as much as possible between Twitter and Facebook because I feel that it's incredibly important even though my website's not generating thousands of views on the daily, like we're only in the double digits at best, but I want to make sure that anyone that's following us on social media knows what's going on and knows to avoid it so that they don't feel like I'm trying to hide anything. I like transparency and everything I do. Um, which is why when we rebuilt the website, our homepage now has a link to our Patreon, which uh, we'll delve into here in a minute with self promotion. But part of that, and it kind of gave me my, uh, my thought process, like I'm all about the end user experience for people coming to our website. So as just as much as I don't want to have anyone go to our website and end up being coming a victim of an attack, I also don't want people to go to our website and be bombarded with advertisements because we know there's a lot of stuff going on right now with ads tracking you across websites and whatnot. All kinds of I was shit. like, I don't want to get involved with that. And it's like the only way you can go other than advertisements is promotional deals and like which is basically your own advertisements or asking people to help donate back and support you and so that was my my thing i'm like i'm gonna put that on the home page so like if people want to help fund the projects and fund everything which is another thing too like looking at all the things and i'm like i'm not a security expert but my website's under attack what do i do yeah and you look at some of the security options of like oh you can pay us money to secure your website and it's like a couple hundred dollars yeah and i'm like i can't afford that like i can barely we're scraping by on like our web hosting and everything else like i have too much else that i, I can't do this all out of pocket it's going to run me into the ground so there's a lot of things behind the scenes that people don't see that you know sometimes when you see a creator pop up and they're like ah, give me money please to do my stuff and you don't really have much of a grasp from the outside world of like what it, it, how much work is actually going into it, how much things actually do cost and that there is that balance between, you know, I can either my options were pay someone to secure my website or spend the time necessary to learn how to do it myself and hope that that's enough. Yeah. So I've spent the time. I probably went a little overboard with securing everything. It's <laughs> well, a little ridiculous. I don't but think I don't think there's such things going overboard with security. The level of security I have on the site is all like our back end stuff. Yeah. So like people going to the site can just know that they're going somewhere and it's going to be a secure visit. They don't have to worry about like stupid ads being tracked and all that <laughs> yeah. other kind of crap. The only ads we're going to toss up are like affiliate links and those are generated by us. They're not tracking you. It's in relation to whatever we're talking about in our article. So, you know, I, the, all the security stuff really just annoys me and the writers, <laughs> yeah. which really, it doesn't annoy me because I was so terrified during this entire attack that I'm like, I, I don't care how much, I don't care if you need like my DNA, like we'll, <laughs> we'll find a way to make this happen. We'll this I'm going to two factor authenticate everything. And it's, oh, so anyway, that's me. I'm done ranting about the website. That was my last week. It was absolute chaos. So this week, we're going to hop into talking about some self-promotion. So like, what is it? How do you go about it? Uh, how do you do it elegantly, I suppose? So we both, you were in my self-promo class. Yes. We had a self-promotional class with a uh, good old Jim Jim <laughs> and didn't didn't get a whole lot of self-promo we out of you, it. We love you, Jim. Don't Sorry, take this Jim. the wrong way. Uh, we got a lot of life lessons for sure. Yeah. But um, 
not a whole lot as far as how to go about self-promo. So I wanted to kind of take some of the things that I've learned, some of the things that I've researched on my own and some of the experiences that I've had and you as well. Like we can kind of go through that. So we'll start off with I mean, anytime you're going to get into self-promotion, it's a lot different now. The advertising and marketing scene is different now, both for personal brands and for big brands because everyone's on social media. Right. And of course, if you have a big brand, like if you're Arby's, right, the Arby's has probably one of the best PR teams out there. <laughs> yeah. They're, and, they're hilarious. you know, of course, Arby's is on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. They're everywhere. And I think, you know, because we see that and a lot of creators aspire to be at that level. So that's where a lot of that imaginary pressure comes from, I think, for us to be on every platform, because yeah. If you're just on like you just have a Facebook page because you spend a lot of time on Facebook, then everyone starts asking you, why don't you have a Twitter? Why aren't you on Twitter? And you're like, well, shoot, should I be on Twitter? Yeah. And, and then, then you get on it and then people are like, well, why aren't you also on Instagram? What's And you're like, oh, come on, guys, I can only manage so much. People people make it feel like people make it feel like when they say like that, because I've had that same experience, too. Because I was like that when I first was with Never Made Varsity. I was like, I'm going to advertise this on everything. And freaking, and then I realized, like, the more I did that, same thing would happen. Like, oh, you're on this? Why aren't you on this? And people make you feel like just by advertising on this, like, you're getting to that audience that you're looking for. But that's not necessarily the case. Just because you're on something doesn't mean an audience is just going to come look to you. And I think that's part of the problem is people expect like people outside of this expect like, oh, why aren't you on Facebook? Why aren't you on Twitter? Why aren't you on this? They they expect you to be on everything because they think that's the only way you're going to get looked at. Whereas that's not the case if you can focus like we've talked about with Instagram in the past. If you can really focus on one thing, it, you can be on one platform. But if you really know what you're doing on that one platform, you can get as many eyes looking at your product as you are stretched out to five different platforms. So and I mean, I'm. The Yeah Dude brand is on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Uh, I had debated making a Snapchat at one point, decided that was a terrible idea, yeah, didn't no, bother. No. Uh, same thing with Pinterest, just decided there's no, <laughs> no point. Pinterest is no point. So like the big three, Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. And of course, we have our own website. We also manage a Podbean, a YouTube, a Twitch. Like we have a lot of things to manage. And I've had to really take some time to be like, okay, look, it's okay if you want to have a Facebook fan page, have a Twitter account, have an Instagram know which one you want to put your focus into. Okay, so like where you're mostly sports podcasting and whatnot, your strongest points are going to be either Facebook or Twitter. Yeah. As far as I'm concerned. Yeah. A lot of people would make the argument that obviously Instagram has a higher engagement rate. But if you're starting out, you're starting out, you're making a brand and you want to get into something. Think about what kind of content you're making. Try and figure out what platform caters best to what you're doing. Find the platform you like and then stick with that. Focus there. And then, you know, you can do the other things here and there when it makes sense. Like obviously our website, we post up an article and the article is automatically shared to all of our platforms, even our Tumblr account, which I don't pay attention to, <laughs> but like it goes out everywhere and that's automatic. I don't have to think about it. That's fine. That's just getting our content out and amongst the platforms. But when it comes to like actually interacting with people, I'm putting a lot more focus now. I thought I was going to be putting my focus on Instagram. I'm shifting back into Twitter really, because when I started the channel, I created my first Twitter account, my personal Twitter account hmm. to help market. Yeah, dude. Yeah. And I was, so I was on Twitter. I met up with a few people like I followed some people that were talking about video games, got into the comments, and I really liked how I could quickly respond to things because I had actual opinions about things people were saying and I could hop into different things and I made a lot of friends. I skyrocketed from like zero to over a thousand followers in a very short period of time. 
And then I kind of became inactive on Twitter and stopped really doing a lot of stuff. But it's it's relatively quick and simple to use. So I found that a lot of more of my focus lately has been there because I don't have to worry. There's a lot of work that goes into running an Instagram account because you have to think of like what images am I uploading? How do I go about linking things? You can't put links in your actual like photos, like your description. You have to have it in the bio. And then that's an extra step for people like get people to go to the bio link in the bio. And then people have to be like, well, do I want to keep scrolling or do I give a darn enough to go and look at the bio and go through that? So and Twitter also makes good use of hashtags the same way Instagram does. So I can kind of do similar things with my hashtagging and get the same kind of feedback on yeah. Twitter. Another another big thing with Twitter is like like you can like you could find if you wanted to on Twitter, you could find a tweet from like 2011 whereas with Instagram, if you want to find someone with someone posted from like years or months ago, you're you're going on a scrolling trip. You're going <laughs> to find their account and you're going to have to go all the way yeah, back. Exactly, and you have to look through hundreds maybe upon thousands of pictures. Now don't get me wrong, Instagram is a great platform. Yeah, no, it's I really love a lot about well what are you getting into? If you're getting into film, video, photography, anything that's more of a visual medium, I would recommend like look into Instagram, spend yeah, some time there. But don't feel like you have to be on everything find whatever platform works for you and then interact with your fan base there and build yeah. a community you can always you can always add yourselves to more platforms as you go there's no one saying that you can't like there's no there's no rule saying that once you're on one platform you can't go to another if you decide six months into your project your content creation project that you want to go to a new platform there's no reason you can't and like even yeah. if you, you go to that plat, maybe you go to that platform realize eh, this isn't where i want to be you can leave that platform just as easily it's it, th- there's too much pressure put on the idea of having to self-promote through social media. Yes, you should do it. It's not as stressful as it needs to be. And so also when it comes to self-promotion, obviously you're going to be taking some things that you've made or that you're doing and sharing those thoughts and opinions as well as parts of yourself with the world. Yes. Not everyone is going to be all about <laughs> that. You're going to find resistance. You're going to find people who disagree with you. Be be ready for that, but also be prepared to hold your ground. There's a bumper sticker that you've probably seen on a lot of vehicles that says, well-behaved women rarely make history. <laughs> it's, it's a really good quote. Uh, but I guess that's that's kind of true for a lot of people. Like if you just one of the things that we were taught in our self promo class or that we talked a little bit about is go on go on Tumblr and start talking about something controversial because there's no better way to garner attention than starting a war in a minefield. And I get that. But please be careful. Like it's OK to get in. I do get into a lot of arguments on Twitter with uh, with people in the gaming community because I'm of the mindset of like video games are amazing. I don't make them myself. So like I kind of take what people put out and I'm okay with it. And you get a lot of people when Battlefield 5 was announced that are not Battlefield 5, uh, Black Ops 4 was announced and people were tearing it to pieces in the comment section. There was a guy the other day that went on one of the posts for Battlefield 5 and was like, F you and your shitty game. And one of my friends was like, commented that, you know, you're what's wrong with humanity. (laughs) <laughs> okay, so obviously now we've got conflict going. He's like, <laughs> he's like, oh, I just did this thing and I, I'm in an argument with this guy on Twitter. So I hopped in and I was like, whoa, let's not be so harsh. Maybe he made a better game himself because like you wouldn't critique something and criticize it if you didn't have a better solution, right? Like people don't yeah. just come and complain about things for the sake of complaining about them. Like Dice and EA doesn't owe you jack. <laughs> They're not, uh, if you don't like the game, don't comment on it. But that's my thing is like, I'll argue with people about like, hey, look, if you don't like it, don't play it. Yeah. Like, so there's still that that because nothing fuels conversation and recognition like anger. And 
and passion. You should say passion. Pa- okay, we'll say passion. So, because <laughs> that's what people like to say. It it's is. one of those things people like to argue a point, and I'm fine. I like debating. I love debating people because I will sit here and I'm pretty good at keeping a calm conversation. And like, I don't care if we have vastly different opinions. I've had conversations on my way home from work when I was carpooling with a buddy of mine back when the before we made a 2016 election yeah. um, before the great 2016 when, election back when Bernie Sanders was still in the running. Right. Yeah. And I was able to have civilized conversations with this guy and he was a hardcore Trump supporter and I was a hardcore Bernie Sanders supporter. So we, and we'd sit there and just discuss ideologies back and forth. And like, I could see where he's coming from. He can see where I'm coming from, but we also make our you know case and counterpoints. But that's what I'm saying is like, get into debates, but don't just go out there, pick and fights with everyone just to, for the sake of yelling. Cause you'll get attention. Yes. But it's not going to be the attention that you want to get. Yeah. Um, Especially in like certain communities like the gaming community and especially in the sports community. You can very – by doing that, you can very easily uh, establish to the people what you are even if that's not what you meant. People will will get the wrong idea about you, especially in the sports Twitter community. I'm telling everyone right now like because that's what I used to do that whole go like just like go start arguments with people. And I I try and pick my battles a lot more on sports Twitter because of that because people started viewing me as like – this this super asshole who just come on come on places just to fight with people and that you don't want that so that's that's part of the reason like what Josh is saying is make sure it's okay to go out there and express your opinions and have a little debate have a little a fair nurtured debate here but just know know your place and know where you're know where you're step know the shit you're stepping in is what I should say <laughs> yeah absolutely and also one of the big things is there's a fine line between starting conflict to kind of generate attention, generate opinions, generate passion and ruining your career. Like, okay, so a great example, I think uh, I got a few great examples of this, but to, to put it into some context, when we had our classes together, like any class that I was in, I'm the type that my wit just goes to both witty and dark places <laughs> very, very rapidly, very fast. And within our tight social group of that class, we all understand that we are, you know, being humorous and not being serious about certain topics. So we, we could make those dark jokes and it was funny together, but it's not something you bring out into the world. No. Don't make those kind of like if it's a kind of joke you wouldn't tell your grandma, please don't put it on Twitter. There are there was a woman back in I think it was 2012. I did a report on this for one of my classes. She was a reporter and I don't remember even what media company she was working for, but it was a big one that like housed a couple of different um, media outlets underneath them. And she was a PR person for them. She was taking a trip down to, I think it was South Africa or somewhere out in Africa. And so before she gets on the plane to leave, she only had like a hundred and something Twitter followers. So you think, oh, well, I don't have a big following. This isn't going to reach a lot of people. Who cares? And she tweeted, getting ready to go to Africa. Hope I don't get AIDS. Just kidding. I'm white. And that nice. Okay, that's distasteful humor. And, you know, she probably figures, oh, it's it's funny. Ha ha. Like at no point in history is racism funny. Yeah. First off, <laughs> nor is AIDS. No. Like these are two things you shouldn't be joking about on Twitter. She gets on the plane and, of course, goes in airplane mode. So she doesn't know what's going on. As yeah. soon as she lands, her phone has blown up. The entire Twitter community is like, get this woman out of her job. Her company fired her. Like she lost, she ruined her career. No one is hiring you after that. Yeah, no, no, no one, chance. because you are a and PR nightmare. So. They have to then the company that you're working for then has to be like, okay, look, now we have to figure out how to put out a campaign to distance ourselves from this woman, completely alienate her, and so it 
her career is over at that point. Yeah. Don't make that mis- don't put something distasteful on Twitter to try and gain it or anywhere to try and gain the attention you think you're going to get because it will blow up in your face. Yes. It's not a good time to be it's doing that. We saw that recently with Roseanne who made a tweet and now season 12 of Roseanne is canceled. Yeah, that her tweet wasn't as bad as far as like the wording of it. I think she, you could tell she was trying to be humorous. And not just blatantly racist, but <laughs> at the same time, it it was not in good taste. Yeah. She knows that. And, you know, now and her show is canceled. So, like, be careful. Don't ruin yourself on social media by doing something outlandishly stupid. By trying to don't don't destroy what you're building by trying to build something. OK, like, don't go out there and try and build a, like a bunch of don't try and build a bunch of followers of trolls because that's not going to that's not. Yeah, no. Follow. Think about the kind of community, the kind of people that are going to react to what you're doing. And are those the people you want really in your community? Exactly. Is a thing. We talked about that last week with Josh Foreman, how he doesn't like appease to the people that are like up for instant gratification, even though it's a bigger market. He's like, that's not the kind of people I want to make connections with. I want to make connections with like the people that are really into what I'm doing. So that's my, that's my quick wrap up of social media. Find the platform you really like, be interactive, even if it gets you into some conflict, but beware, don't let that conflict overflow you into a realm of damaging your image. Yeah. Because like your integrity is the one thing that you're going to carry with you forever. And as soon as you screw that up, it's so hard to get people to trust you again. It's so hard to get back to a point where people are like, yeah, okay, uh, I guess that it's it's all right now. It's been long enough. You know, like no one no one looks at Bill Cosby the same. Yeah. A different situation. Very different. You know, it's it's in that same spirit of you ruin your your professional image. And well, now everyone that's all they're going to think about. One of the you know, it's just it's like my whole like my whole review of social media is like. With self-promotion, obviously, it's a little different we discussed, but it falls under that whole umbrella of one of our commandments, which we haven't put together yet, but I know it's one of our commandments is, remember, you're on the internet. <laughs> like, just remember, oh, yeah. remember, like, internet has a lot of power today. We, we live we live in the internet age in the sense that internet has more power, social media has more power than it ever has before. So just know where you are, know your place. I don't, I keep saying know your place because me, I know it's it sounds different, but yes, know your place in the sense is know is where, know where you are because that is that's half the battle right there yeah so i'm gonna take that and kind of hop off the the social media train and get into something that i think is a big problem with a lot of people that are in the creative field a lot of us i think have that especially if you're a millennial or you know within that generation i don't even know how this work so (laughs) what the generations how the generations work because i feel like every time i try and like look it up and figure it out like i have three different articles that are telling me yeah no the the biggest consensus that i've seen so far is you were defined as a millennial if you were born between 1980 and 1995 a 15 year span so i'm not a millennial okay after 1995 you get into the i generation also called uh generation what no generation z yeah because millennials would be generation y uh, so Gen Z or uh, post-millennial generation. Okay. And that's like 1996 up through, I forget exactly what year, but it's not huh. current. It's not like up till now. So, so there's another generation beyond that. Um, so yeah, you'd be in the post-millennial. I'm huh. in the millennial generation. Oh, A lot of people that don't think they are, are in the millennial generation, technically speaking. Yeah. Um, but, you know, a lot of... Our gener or my generation, I guess even your generation, we get a lot of people that are very socially inept, socially awkward, not very good at um, communicating outside of a screen. 
because it's a lot of what we grow up with now. Yeah. Uh, your generation especially is a lot of what you're no, going to be growing like, up with. I feel like I'm someone who like, eh, actually, I know. I shouldn't say I struggle with social with social interaction. I think I'm someone who warms up, but like it's definitely yeah, something no, I think there's, about. Yeah, no, there's a lot of people that do really well with social interaction, but a lot of people are kind of, they're, they're introverts, yes. right? So we don't... Yes, I'm very much an introvert. You don't want to go all over town talking to other people about you. Yes. You know, you'd rather make it about someone else or pump someone else up and you don't try and inflate your own ego. It's not quite self-destructive, but very yeah. like you don't talk about your self-worth. Yes. But and it, that's something it does affect. It does affect you in social aspects. Yeah. And with when it comes to self-promotion, there is kind of a balance between confidence and arrogance. OK, so it's important as a content creator with what you do that you understand the value that you're bringing to the world. And you don't have to be like Elon Musk to bring value to the world, right? Uh, in recent news, the streamer slash critic slash announcer, Total Biscuit, the cynical Brit, recently <laughs> passed away. And there are you know, arguably you could say, oh, well, you know, he all he did was like video game stuff. He didn't impact the world. But there are plenty of people whose lives were impacted by the things that he did. There are plenty of people whose lives have been impacted by films, by, you know, YouTube videos, by things that like, inspirational events. quotes that people have said. Yes. Like Thomas Jefferson said a thing once and it inspired generations. So like don't ever think that just because what you're doing is oh this is just i'm all i'm doing is writing a short story and it's about this like dystopian future but it's just a, it, all it is is like a hobby it's not really gonna it's not gonna change the world because it might change someone's world like that voice you're doing is it could thank you <laughs> it could be a turning point for someone even if it's just fiction or just something you know light and fun to you so understand the value you're bringing to the world through whatever it is that you're creating. And don't be afraid to share that with people. Yeah. You know, a lot of the time when I get into interactions and people are like, oh, well, what do you do? And it's a stranger. My our instant thought is like, oh, what do I do for a job? And you tell them about your career or whatever. Or you say, I'm trying to do this. Yes. I'm trying that. I'm trying is always the first thing that comes. And to let's mind. be honest. I've been podcasting for more than a year now. I've been running the website for four years. I've been there's a lot of things that I've been doing. I would consider myself you know, a, a games journalist at this point, even though I'm still in the beginning phases of it. Like, this is what I do. This is me. If I lose my job, I still have this. If like, yeah. no matter what happens, this is like what I'm creating, what I'm putting out to the world. And I'm just now getting into like, oh yeah, I run a video game website. We do podcasting. We do live streams. We do whatever. Here's, uh, here's my card. Like you can check out the website and get in on it. It doesn't cost people money unless they really want to help back us. But yeah. You know, it's not like I'm selling a product or something. And that's one of the things that there's a good way to do it where you you talk to people about what you do, but you don't have to be like, I'm the best at what I do. I am I am the end all be all of video games. There's no one better than me. Like that steps into arrogance. You see a lot of arrogance, I think, in the IT community, like people that do, <laughs> yep. do security and stuff like that. There's a very strong divide. And I like to think about it. I've known a lot of people when I was doing computer repairs and all that kind of stuff there were two very different types of IT people I talked to because I had a lot of computer friends. You have the handful that talk down to everyone. Like I'm the computer God. What are you doing? Uh, I know everything. You don't know anything. And they'll just eventually start talking out their ass, making things up because it doesn't matter anymore. You're too dumb to know what they're talking about. And then there's the type that really know their stuff, but they're also really good at understanding that not everyone lives in this world the way they do. Yeah. 
Uh, one of my friends, I won't say his name, but ran his own computer shop for a while. I used to hang out there a lot. And I swear he had like a four digit IQ because he knew so much about like not just computers, but a lot of other things. But I really liked hanging out there because he was really good at taking what he knew and bringing that to a level that I could understand if I didn't know anything about the subject he was talking about. And so I I get lifted up from that. And, you know, he's also professing like what he knows. So in the same sense that now I don't feel alienated or like I'm being looked down on by him. I feel like, you know, he's talking to me like an, an actual human being, which is great. Which is nice. But he's also at the same time instilling in me like I know now like he knows his stuff. He's really good at what he does. Like I have a lot more confidence and faith in him and what with, he does. Right. I can trust him. As opposed questions. to the kind of yeah. people that if I'm like – like we think about the PC master race, right? <laughs> and you're like, hey, so I'm thinking about getting some more RAM in my computer. And all I, I have like a DDR3 motherboard. And they're like, DDR3, you got to go with at least DDR4. What are you doing, chump? And they start getting into all, like, doing, the scrub? all the technical specs behind it. And you're like, look, I just wanted to start like piecing together <laughs> yeah. a few upgrades and maybe delve into it later. I'm not looking to spend $6,000 to hand build a PC. I don't know like all the pin sets and all the intricacies of this, but you find it's like gatekeepers. Don't be a gatekeeper of what you're doing is what I'm getting. I have a couple of my friends. I know they listen to this podcast who are just like they are. They are gatekeepers. And it's just it really it's 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 funny because it's just something that they are passionate about as well. But it's it's it depends on the person, which one comes off as the gatekeeper and which person who's passionate about their doing is coming off as the person who's trying to show something because my gatekeeper friends, they do try and like they're trying to help me. But it's the same thing. I ask for one question and then I'm getting paragraphs about all these different yep. things I can do. And it's like you're missing the point. <laughs> yeah, like so it's nice to when you get the people that will share with you like what they do, what they're passionate about. I love listening to people talk about their passions. Yes. I but love I can't it. stand people talking down to me. Yeah. <sighs> Because let's face it, like, I don't know everything there is to know. There's a lot of things I'm not familiar with. I don't plan on it. Especially when it comes to, like, tech stuff. Because although I'm a gamer and although I do game occasionally on PC, I also spend most of my time, like, looking at the content of games and the games that come out, the stories, the developers, what's going on in the world of games. Like, I don't spend as much time with hardware specs and paying attention to like the latest chipset Nvidia is releasing what's going on with AMD with Intel the motherboard companies like what everyone is doing so I have other people around me that do know that stuff so we'll get into conversations about it and so you know if there's something that you're skilled at we talked about that with Josh Foreman because he knows a lot with um not on tech stuff that at least not that we spoke of but where he knows a lot about sculpting yeah. and he's able to take that and relay that to his audience in a way that makes them feel involved, not alienated. It made me feel like I knew a little bit about sculpting, which yeah. I can't even draw a stick figure right. So <laughs> so when you're going to get into the, an important thing with self-promo is like, I mean, it doesn't matter if it's your family, your friends, total strangers, like be proud of what you're doing. Because whether you're, you know, just the best Harry Potter fan fiction writer on the Internet or <laughs> you're trying you. to start an entirely new web series or, you know, you made a couple of small animations and this is something you really want to get into. Make sure, you know, like let let people know what you do and what you're passionate about, because the fact that you're passionate about it and you could talk about it, if they're interested, they ask, then, you know, it's one of those things. People love hearing other people talk about passions. It's I had a friend of mine who was in the a volunteer firefighter a few years back. He's a lot higher up on the chain now, I think. But, you know, I was like he started talking to me about all this firefighting stuff, stuff that I never really thought I'd care about. 
and I was getting really into it just because I can feel how excited he is about it. Yeah. And I'm like, oh my God, I'm, get, I'm getting in on this excitement, dude. Like, I understand what you're getting at. And so I could just listen to him talk for hours and, you know, re- realize that people are like that. Because, I mean, you can go around, you have a day job and you're also producing podcasts like I do. I can go around and people be like, oh, well, what do you do? And I'd be like, uh, I work for a company out in the city and I, <laughs> I do video editing and that's cool and all. But when you're like, oh, I run a video game website and you don't have to tell people like, oh, I get paid for this. I don't get paid for this. It's just it's yeah. what your passion is. Like, yeah, tell them what you're doing. I run a video. It doesn't matter if I'm getting paid for it or not. This is my passion. This is what I do. Like, I run a video game website. I do weekly podcasts, two of them. I did three this week, actually, because we did a spoiler cast for Detroit Become Human. Ooh. And I mean, we made that its own separate episode. Sarah and I went on for two hours talking about Detroit and how that ties into, like, human evolution. Yeah. We got so a lot deeper into philosophy than I wanted to or than I thought we would. Um, not than I wanted to because I, I got super into it. But, yeah. you know, that's when you're talking about self-promotion, just remember, know your value, what you bring to the world, and don't be afraid to share that with people. So that's my my big self-promo tip for you. Uh, my thing, like one thing also with like self-promotion, and I feel like this kind of ties back like, oh, man, I'm kind of losing my thought here. So this, <laughs> this is bad. But yeah, no, I lost it. Never mind. <laughs> yeah, I, like, I was like getting it and then I lost my thought. I kind of That's fine. Also there. realize that there is a difference between self-promotion and marketing campaigns. Like marketing <laughs> yes. campaigns are run by big companies that can afford to like buy billboards, buy ad time. Don't feel like you need to go on Facebook. Facebook has an option where you can boost a post and pay real money to – try and boost it to certain types of people and that's great and all but that may not really help you much don't think you have to go out and spend money on things like boosted campaigns on instagram or on facebook or sponsoring posts on twitter like you can just put your stuff out there as much as you can and try and like cross promote through other people don't feel like you need to run a marketing campaign for yourself it's a little bit different like self promotion is a lot of just go out connect with people let them know what you do get into conversations you know that's how that's how we ended up running into uh Josh, Josh Foreman, Foreman because i was in a comment section and i was doing a little bit of self promotion he made a comment about how he wants to just it would be nice if he could just focus on creating and I was like, well, don't stretch yourself out about it too much, man. So like right there, you're providing kind of encouragement and value for people because I was like, I don't know who he is. Maybe he's a lot more skilled than I am. And, you know, I don't know what his status is, but I also know that in this particular post, he seems concerned about feeling like he needs to be everywhere. So I'm like, dude, don't stress about it. It's all cool. Like we all feel that way. It's an imaginary pressure. We actually talk about imaginary pressures on our podcast, AV Underground. So like right there. I'm offering encouragement, telling them that it's okay, and also being like, also, I run a podcast if you want to check it out. I'm not saying like – I try to keep away from doing things in a 1950s marketing way where they're like, (laughs) go there now. (laughs) Buy now. 1999, five easy payments. So I try and like (laughs) – I'll tie it in, tying it in whenever I can, but trying not to be obnoxious about it. Yeah. I remembered my thought. So go for it. One of the things I wanted to say with self-promotion is – like, obviously, like, we've been talking, like, this whole time about just, like, promoting through the internet, promoting through social media and, like, all that. I actually want to say that people find the wor- the idea of word of mouth isn't a thing anymore because of the world we live in. I don't, like, another form, like, for self-promotion, 
I really feel like, because this is something that I struggle with personally, and this is why I want to bring it up, is don't be afraid to go out to your friends and go out to your, before you post something or before you put something out there, go out, you don't have to go out to the whole world to promote something, but you can promote something to five of your friends and get their thoughts on something before you put it out. You can get, you can promote something to your family and get their thoughts on something before you want to put it out. If you're not, if you're not in the idea of, I want to promote I want to promote something to the whole wide world, but I do want to promote something a little bit so I get a thought on it. There is possibility that because it's something that I struggle with is I hate telling my friends and family about what I'm doing because I don't want to get their thoughts on it because I think they're going to like trash me or I think like, but really they're always the ones that are like, like they're usually the ones I get the best advice from. And that's the thing because I usually, before I, before I put out this podcast, before I put out my first episode, I played it for all my friends and I like let them, and I let them listen to it before I put it out for the world. And it was one of the best things I did because you get the person, you get a real personal opinion because yes, you go out into the world and you self-promote the whole, like we said, it's the internet. Anyone can say anything about you, but when it's personal and it's someone you know, you get a different perspective on it and you get a different look on it. So I feel don't be afraid. Don't be afraid to do some minor self-promotion instead of just the major self-promotion is what the thought that I wanted to get. And then I forgot it. <laughs> I actually want to I want to delve into that a little bit more, but I want to take a quick break and just get a uh, these important messages to you. We'll be right back. Support for AV Underground comes from our Patreon backers. If you like our work and want to help make sure we continue making podcasts for years to come, check out the Yeah Dude Patreon and become a backer for as little as $1 a month. Your contributions help us pay for things like web hosting for our site and our podcast, equipment maintenance, and all the other costs of production. That's patreon.com backslash yadude or follow the link in the description. Thanks for listening to AV Underground. Stay awesome and keep creating. Ricky! Go down to the store, pick your mom up a pack of smokes. While you're at it, sign me up on patreon.com slash yeah, dude. I want to give those entertaining young boys some money. <laughs> and welcome back. So I want to delve in a little bit more to friends and family. So... Uh, you'd mentioned word of mouth definitely is still a thing. Absolutely. Because everyone I think is, has like links they're sharing on social media, whether it's Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, whatever it is, maybe not Instagram so much, but like Facebook and Twitter are big on it. Um, where all your friends can share links to things that they like, but there's still like, I can share a link to a, a podcast that I like on Facebook and maybe tag you in it. Maybe you'll see it. Maybe you won't. Maybe you're busy at that moment. You look at it and go, yeah, I'll look at this later. And then you, and then you forget. Yeah. So, but if I come up to you when we hang out and I'm like, dude, Watson, I found this new podcast. It's absolutely amazing. It's well put together. They're talking about these subjects. I think you'd be really into it. You should totally check it out. You know, you're a little bit more inclined to be like, oh, yeah, sure. I'll totally check that out. Yeah. Like I or, always remember. That. Or you could just be like, I'm not interested. Sorry. Yeah. I it's, don't really have the time. It's like one of the things if you were to say that to me, I'd be like, I'd like look at my podcast later that day. And like while I'm like refreshing my feed or like picking a podcast, be like, oh, what is it that Josh said to me? Whereas I never think back to, oh, what is it that Josh texted me? I always think to back, what did he say to me? Not to what he texted me, not what yeah. he messaged me, right? And so also understand that, okay, I have quite a few friends and I, I go through my Facebook very frequently and make sure I'm removing people that I either haven't spoken to in over years or, <laughs> yeah. um, or that I don't know. So I, I only have people that I've personally met and um, people that I actually like speak with every now and then on my Facebook and I've still got like around a hundred some odd people that I actually know that I network with maybe once a year or so. And 
So I'm looking at my friends list going, oh man, I should have so many listeners to my podcast because there's all these people that are all my friends on Facebook. And if I post it up there, understand that not everyone you know is going to be down with what you're doing. Not everyone that I know is super duper into video games or really (laughs) into content creation. I know plenty of people that all they want to do with their life is just work and sleep and that's it. And like, okay, cool. That's your thing. You know, I get some people that are on my friends list that look at me and go, why would anyone ever pay you to do this? Yeah. How are you ever going to make money in video games? It's really stupid. <laughs> One of my best friends tells me that every time I bring it up to him. <laughs> <laughs> so it's like there are plenty of there's going to be people that you know, and that doesn't make them bad people, obviously. Uh-huh. Like you're still they're your friends, but just know that not everyone's going to be on board with what you're doing. That's why everyone has an opinion. Family as well. Like obviously my family's super supportive. Every now and then my parents will listen to my podcasts and, you know, so they can keep up on things. They don't really follow gaming news. But they'll listen to the Gaming News Podcast yeah. because it's something that I do. They support me, and I appreciate every time they do that. How often or they'll they listen, listen to, like, AV Underground because I think that's a little more of, you know, they get a little insight with what I'm doing with my actual, yeah. like, the back end of things. And so that's a little more personal than just talking about gaming news, which they don't really follow, yeah. aside from probably my podcast. I was going to say, I bet they get a kick out of AV Underground. Oh, probably. Yeah. I hope so. Yeah, because like, I have it's a lot really of fun looking, doing It's this. really looking into your mind. And, you know, I get a lot of support out of them, which is great, but not everyone's going to have like a a parental unit that supports their what their dreams are. Yeah. And you're not going to always have like a whole bunch of your family that actually cares. Not everyone's going to care about what you're doing. And that's okay. As long as you're passionate about it, realize that not everyone in your friends and family are going to follow you. And you don't really want them to anyway. If they're not going to be engaged by it and supportive of it, then there's no point in having them. They're just like a number on your list. And that's not what you want. You want a a community of people that are actively going to be engaged with you. On the reverse of that, something that I – because I also have plenty of friends that are creators. So I have a friend of ours for love of nerd. He's one of our patrons on Patreon and in turn, I am a patron on his Patreon. Now granted, we're at the same tier so that kind of balances out to a zero sum for both of us. But it's really – you know, the way I thought of it was like it's really the thought that counts there but – When you have friends that are making something, trying to follow a dream, trying to make a living doing something, don't go up to those friends and ask them for free stuff. (laughs) I find that more with artist friends because I have a couple of different artist friends. And when you have a friend that you know draws really well and you're like, oh, we're friends. Clearly, they'll do this for me for free. Never. Please, please. If you're listening to this and you're not a creator, please understand. Don't no one should ever work for free, especially if they're good at something. Anytime that I have approached one of my friends who's an artist I start the conversation with how much would it cost for me to commission you for this piece of work? Sometimes, you know, whether it's out of the generosity of their own heart or they don't, you know, whatever the situation is, like I had gone up to Joe and asked him, like, how much would it cost for me to commission you to do this? And it became, oh, well, I wasn't able to get you anything for graduation. So here you go. And it was a small little thing, but I always want to start with making sure that if I'm going to ask anyone for anything, they're going to get paid for it, period. It's, it needs to happen. It's so important. When I was running the magazine for um, Health and Mana, which was the magazine we ran through Yadude for a few months, and I wanted to get some really solid cover art for it. So one of my other artist friends, I reached out and I said, well, what would it cost? I want to do a Pokken tournament cover for this month because it was when Pokken tournament released back a few years ago now. And I was like, what would it cost? to to have you do this cover so he gave me the price i paid him for it and the cover was made it's absolutely beautiful like i i feel like i should have tipped him a lot better than i did <laughs> yeah 
But, you know, it's one of those things. If you have friends that make things, please don't expect anything for free. Understand as a creator side that people will approach you for free and don't feel bad saying, no, I'm not going to be doing that for free. Because if people start feeling like they can get your work for free, it loses value. Yes. Right. So if you're doing artwork and you're doing these great commission pieces for people on the Internet and they take you hours and hours to do because you're like colorizing and shading and everything else that you're doing or whether you're making videos, you're doing a podcast, whatever it is, you're helping people or you're making something for someone. And as soon as people start getting it for free, they're like, why would I pay for this? Everyone starts wondering, yeah. why, why would I pay for this now? Like you gave me this amazing drawing for free. Now, why are you telling me it's going to cost me money for the smaller thing that I want? Like. Mm -hmm. It's it's been the downfall of many of creators, small and big, and like, it's it, it's like there's nothing more to say other than it's just so important to understand. Like even if like like Josh said, like you'll have like I have friends who will do artwork for me for free, but it's still important to know and to understand that you don't want to take away the value from other content creators, right? When they're self promoting and when you need like what, especially when you approach someone for something for free. That's almost as bad as being like, hey, your work means nothing to me. Yes. It's Can you really just what give is. me something? Yeah. And it's your time and effort means nothing to me personally. So will you please just give it to me because I am asking. And right. It's, it's like it's like, come on. And it's the the biggest thing that I think people don't understand is like whether it's art or podcasts or videos or whatever you're doing, sculpting, um, it takes time and there is nothing more valuable in your life than time because it's you can't get it back period, which is a lot of why most of us, you know, it's not so much when I say I want, I want to be able to do the stuff for yeah, dude, full time and be able to make a living out of it, quit my day job. The focus there isn't quit my day job. The focus isn't I don't want to, you know, work a day job. Yeah. I want to be lazy and do whatever I want to do. The thought there is I could be spending my time doing things that I feel are benefiting others. And not that my job doesn't, but this is more like centered around the things I really find value in. I want to be doing and I want to have the time necessary to put more work and do more things. You know, a lot of people, like I said before, I think about it and I'm like, I only put out like two podcasts a week. I write maybe two or three articles a week. And that's not a lot of work compared to some people like what they're doing with their side hustles. Yeah. But you have to understand, too, that some people are, you know, living at home with mom and dad and have the time because they don't need to concern themselves with paying for things. Yeah. Like I run a day job throughout the week and I have my weekends. Everyone thinks that I am the busiest person alive because I work during the week and I'm gone 12 hours a day. So I don't have a lot of time when I get home to do anything other than like get home, shower, eat, sleep and then repeat process for the entire week. I can't really get much done. Then the weekends come and people are like, oh, how's, do you have time to hang out on the weekend? I'm like, look, I'm doing two podcasts Friday, two podcasts Saturday. And then I've got a few meetings with people that I'm going to be doing. And then maybe I'll have Sunday off. I don't know. I might have plans yeah. on Sunday. So it's like, I don't really have time. That's just, all right, I'm going to sit around and relax. And I would love to be able to, you know, network with more people, do more work, start more podcasts, get more people going. Because if there's one thing I'm notorious for and you know it, it's, aggressively pushing people to start their dreams <laughs> yes yes here i am folks so <laughs> but you know that's a lot of it so tying that right back in you know understand that you're going to have people approach you and want free things don't feel like you're obligated yes. just because you know them because they're friendly because they're family whatever it is don't please don't insult an artist or a creator by saying asking for things for free or telling them you'll pay them in exposure yeah that 
nothing makes me angrier <laughs> than people trying to tell an artist, I'll pay you in exposure. In experience. That's another one. I oh, my God. Exposure or experience yes. is really like the two things. Like, I understand if you're in the media field, you're in the creation field. Everyone has to put in their time and learn. Pay, pay your dues. as they Right. Say. Do that by volunteering for some things. Do that by selectively, okay, there's a charity event coming up. I'm an artist. I'm going to draw a thing and we'll have a silent auction or something going on where I'll auction this piece off and everything goes to benefit charity. I have now done something both for exposure and for free that ends up getting, you know, put out to benefit something good. Find it, pick and choose your ways, you know, work an internship at a TV station. If you're trying to get into film yeah. media, don't go doing a wedding for free. First off, they're incredibly stressful. And secondly, <laughs> like don't put yourself Speaking through that as a new too. as a new photographer, cinematographer. Like don't put yourself through that for free for the exposure or for the experience. It's I'm I'm highly against it. And it's yeah. not to say that it's always bad, but I'm highly against it because you're not you can't pay rent and exposure. Yeah. yeah <laughs> it doesn't work. Yeah, exactly. We're not because like I feel like we're not trying to say that like you should because I feel like people are like, like, like people our age are all like this, like, oh, you never want to just pay, you never want to pay your dues the right way, blah, blah, blah. It's like, no, there's just, there's way, there's different ways to do everything. And from what, from me and Josh's experiences, we get, we get the aspect of working for experience or working for exposure. Me and Josh have done it in the past. And that's why we understand now there's better ways to do, there's better ways to get the outcome you're looking for with better ways to do it. And yeah. it's, it's, we're not, we're not trying to say like, cause there's probably people out there that may listen to this podcast and may be doing an internship for free or something like that. We're not saying go out tomorrow and quit your thing. Just no, no I mean, if you're volunteering your time and you're doing it for free, yeah. that's one thing when you're agreeing to people who approach you and are like, do this for free for me because yeah. exposure, that's when it starts to get into a dark slippery slope. Yes, exactly. And uh, it's another thing like, Obviously, Patreon is a thing that exists for creators. We have one ourselves to try and like get some backing for the show. That way we can keep from having to have, you know, actual like corporate advertisements and have people feel like we're, we're selling out or we're, you know, taking up their time or their visual space. If it's the website with crap that they either don't care about or it's bothersome or whatever yeah. it is. Right. I, I'm not here to try and sell that kind of stuff to people, but I, I lost my train of thought. Wow. <laughs> See, it's happening now. Usually one of us loses our Oh, okay. No, I remember where I was going oh, with see, this. I just need to talk a little bit. Um, if you're starting out with something, find some way to be consistent, okay? I, I was for a long time notorious for starting projects and then immediately canceling <laughs> projects. And so I messaged one of my buddies the other day and I was like, hey, how would you feel about starting up a podcast where we talk about movies? Like we'll do an entire podcast just breaking down a movie. There's plenty of them out there already, yeah, yeah. but I also feel like from a film student perspective and from a comedic perspective, we could probably have a fun time doing it. And it's not that I plan on becoming like the greatest film podcast ever to exist, but yeah. you know, it's something that I'm like, I'm kind of interested in this. Let's give it a run. And his response, cause he's very blunt with me. is just, uh, look, I'm not going to be part of this if we can't maintain consistency. It's not going to happen. And I, I made the analogy. I said, uh, yeah, content creation is kind of like a coconut. It's not about the taste. It's about the consistency. <laughs> and that's a good one. I thought so. I, that's what I thought of was uh, I always think about that when people say consistency is that part from Zombieland. Yeah. I don't like coconut. It's not the taste. <laughs> it's the consistency. And but be consistent. If you're consistent is once a week, like we did this week in gaming every week on the week 
for over a year now. So you have that track record. It doesn't have to be an everyday track record. But now if people are like, well, how do we know that if we start funding what you're what you're doing, that you're going to follow through with it and be like, I can say, look back like I have an entire year plus right now that I've been consistently doing a podcast. And despite people being sick, being out of state, whatever it was, the podcast has gone on. Yes, we've we've never had a moment with this week in gaming yet where we've had to say, hey, we can't do a podcast this week. Sorry. It's always been like, oh, well, Sarah and Jeff can't show up. I'll find a fill in and we'll just ad lib it. We'll figure out what we're doing like and it's it's persisted and I have much higher ambitions that I don't have the time and resources right now to do. So that's like that's the kind of the goal. Yeah. But you always feel like weird asking people for anything. Yeah. But any other final thoughts on self promo before we we wrap on that subject? I felt like I felt like we got over pretty much. Well. I feel like with every episode, we're probably going to come back to this down the line and we're going to have even more. But I feel like as a basics, as somewhere to start with self-promotion, I feel like this whole episode really got everything we need to talk about. Yeah, it's It's mostly just don't overwhelm yourself. Don't don't ruin your career right out the gate. And I think I think the most important thing is what you said is just know your value. I mean, it's 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 one of the most important things in life and knowing your value in life. But with going to self-promotion, know what you have that is valuable so you know what to push, all right? If you know what's, if you know what you're pushing is valuable, nine times out of 10, maybe even 10 times out of 10, I don't know how the math works, it'll probably work out for you. Yeah. Um, so going forward from here, uh, obviously a lot of self-promotion too, we were all told, hey, go, go make yourself a website, go do the website thing. Mm-hmm, yeah. Um, so we are going to be we're starting to put together a list of topics that we want to run uh, how to episodes for AV Underground to get a little more targeted, a little more specific. We spend a lot of time talking about the struggles and the strifes and like the thought process that goes into being a creator. And that we wanted to start providing people with a little more in-depth, comprehensive guide if you're looking to start something. So we've got a list right now being put together. I'm going to be doing one on how or we're going to be doing one on how to start your own website a couple of different ways to go about that. And, but that's going to be a few weeks out because I want to be able to also in that episode, offer you guys like tips to secure your website because I don't want, again, what happened with my website to happen to anyone else. I don't want to see that happen if you can prevent it. So that's a lot of our plan going forward. Now, that being said, we've gone 13, this is episode 13. So impressive next week, episode 14, we're actually going to call the end of what would be season one of AV underground. So we'll do it in 14 episode chunks. At least that's the plan for now. And there's a reason that we're going to go about it in this way. So what's going to happen is next week, we're going to be doing a special episode. It's going to be a retrospective of our first 13 episodes. So Watson and I are going to get together and kind of talk about our thoughts, our feelings about the 13 episodes we've done so far, how, how we felt about them, how far we think we've come, what we think we still need to improve on, what we want to work on going forward. Because when you're in the content creative space, it's really important every now and then to take a step back, evaluate where you are, realize how far you've come, but also realize how far you have left to go and start making plans. Otherwise, you're just blindly moving forward. And that's not something I want to do with this podcast. We don't want to just continue going forward to the point where it becomes making a podcast for the sake of making a podcast. Exactly. We want to make sure we're touching on the right subjects. We want to make sure that we are providing the kind of content that new creators are going to find value in. Providing value as they say. Exactly. So episode 14 coming out next Tuesday is going to be our retrospective, our thoughts. If you have comments, questions, um, 
compliments, anything that you want to say about AV Underground, things you'd like to see us do in the future, whatever it is, I'd like to be able to address them in that episode. So if you want to provide something like that for us, you can go ahead and send us an email at yadudegamers at gmail.com. That's Y-E-A-H-D-U-D-E-G-A-M-E-R-S at gmail.com. You can tweet at us on Twitter with the hashtag AskAVUnderground, and I'll find it that way. Um, same thing with the email. Just use the subject line, AskAVUnderground, and or you can hit us up on Facebook, on the Yeah Dude Facebook page, whatever it is, however you want to go about getting that to us. That way next week we can take any of your feedback, your criticisms, your whatever it is, um, and we can talk about that as well. Because we also want to know from the people that are listening, what, what do you want us to talk about? What things do you want to see? We've posed the question to our guests before, and I want to pose it to the people listening, like yeah. the, the lurkers, as they say, the people <laughs> who maybe you, maybe you don't comment on things very often. You can leave a comment on this podcast, and we'll, we'll put yeah. that in if that's easier for you. So if you, if you do have questions, comments, concerns, complaints, whatever it is, like we'd love to hear it. And so after episode 14 is Father's Day weekend, we're actually going to be taking that weekend off. There will not be an episode that following Tuesday. It's going to be a one week break and then we're jumping into season two. We're going to spend that time working on compiling our list of things that we think are going to be important going forward, things we want to work on and getting that together so we can come back for season two, be a little bit stronger than we are and know a direction that we're heading in. Yeah. So it's not the end of the podcast. We're just <laughs> certainly just not. so you know, we're taking one week where we won't have an episode and then we'll be right back to AV underground. I feel, I feel this is the ending of the beginning of the podcast. I feel, it is. I feel like we're coming out of our, our uh, cocoon now. And then another we're, 14 after that, we'll, we'll have another retrospective of season two. How do we feel yeah. we did? And I think that that's going to be a big thing that helps improve the podcast. I do too. Is being able to take both our personal feelings as the people making the show, the opinions and feelings of our guests that are on the show and the opinions and feelings of the people who are listening to the show and taking all of that, culminating it and being like, all right, this is this is really a podcast for creators. We want to know what you guys want to hear about. We want to know who you want us to talk to. Like, what do you guys want to hear out of this? Yeah. That's that's the big thing. Because like the, the big thing with this podcast is like I, I hope people get understand is this is very, like it's cliche, but like this podcast is very much for the people because me and Josh are in the thick of content creator. Like me, this is me and Josh's life. This is what we're probably going to do for the rest of our lives. And that's why doing this podcast is so important to us because like, yeah, me and Josh, I feel me and Josh use it as a bit of a therapy session here and there, but it's very much for we want to help others. And the only way we can figure out how to help others is if we hear from others. So that's that's important to us as well. Yeah. So that's just so you guys know what to expect going forward. We will see you back here again next week with our retrospective season finale for season one. And uh, we hope to hear from you. Get some get some of them emails, them tweets, them comments, whatever it is, and we'll we'll bring them up in the next episode. So until then, thank you guys so much for listening, and keep creating. See ya. AV Underground is a production of YDG Studios and is brought to you in part by our Patreon supporters Eileen Hubbard and For Love of Nerd. Our intro music is Nine to Thrive by Culla. Find out more about Culla by visiting culla.com. That's C-U-L-L-A-H.com. Do you have questions about getting started as a content creator that you'd like us to address in a future episode? Send us an email at yadudegamers at gmail.com with the subject line Ask AV Underground, and we just might include your question in an upcoming episode. AV Underground is hosted by MJ Watson and Josh Needham and is produced by Josh Needham.